Hey there, before we get into this episode, I wanted to just touch base with you real quick as we are, this is the first episode of the month of November. And as we head into the busyness of Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, I want you to know that you can still make sleep a thing. If your little one is waking up all throughout the night and you are at your wits end and you are just not even looking forward to traveling for the holidays because sleep is not a thing, then this is your opportunity to jump into a sleep training course that will help resolve your child's sleep habits. Now, here's the thing. We want to make this really easy for you. So head on over to littlezsleep.com slash quiz. This will help direct you to the exact program that is right for your child. Answer a few quick questions and we will tell you which sleep class is the right one for your family. That's littlezsleep.com slash quiz. Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z's Sleep Podcast. I normally say where this is where we make getting sleep help easy, but the truth is sometimes there are difficulties around sleep and that is why I have today's guest, Carmen Woodland, with me today. Now, she is a former dental hygienist, now turned myofunctional therapist. She became a myofunctional therapist after seeing how little was being done to identify orofacial myofunctional disorders like tongue ties. So today she now sees clients all over the world, as well as speaking and educating about the importance of OMD identification, tongue tie treatment, um, therapy, everything in between. Carmen is a wealth of knowledge, and you're going to find in this podcast, she is so passionate about what she does. All of the resources and everything that we talk about will be linked in the bio here or in the show notes here. And she also offers a free 30-minute assessment if you believe that you or your child has a tongue tie that could be impacting their sleep. So, Let's get into the episode with Carmen Woodland, or known on Instagram as the Tongue Trainer. Okay, you guys, I am really honored to have a topic that we're going to talk about today that I am not at all an expert on, but that I know of an expert to bring to you today. Um, Carmen Woodland, welcome to the podcast. So happy you're here. Thank you. I am super, super stoked to be here today. This is okay. When, when I say tongue tie, I feel like we got to, we got to do that like name association game. Cause it's like, when I say tongue tie, most people say. What? Yeah. What, that? That is, is there such a thing? What is that? Yeah. It's like a question, question mark, or they're like, Oh, nursing. Yeah, no, we didn't have that. We didn't have a problem with it. Cause we nursed fine, which as you and I will get into it's, that's not necessarily a key indicator, but I think it's too relegated to like the newborn phase. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into it all y'all. So don't, don't you worry. They're going to talk about everything today. Um, but first, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. How did you get to become, um, where you are today and share all of that with us. Awesome. So, um, so by trade or by education, I'm a general hygienist. Um, and I, I did that boring, mind-numbing job for 15 years. But um, really, so as a hygienist, we're not really trained in myofunctional stuff. But immediately out of, um, out of hygiene school, I learned about myofunctional therapy. And, you know, I did, did a conference, did all of that stuff. And it was like, okay, so I knew that there was some, some concerns. But for me as a hygienist, it was more um, based on 
on on the gum tissue, that kind of stuff. So it was kind of in the back of my mind. I talked about it for years and years with, with patients um, in, unintelligently, I should say, because I just never, I knew enough to be dangerous. But then what, what really happened is a couple things were happening in my private life. I was bored in hygiene. I was, you know, I was just feeling like, oh, this is not, this is not what I'm after. Um, I was working on a master's degree in business. I was doing dental consulting, you know, all of this stuff. And then I thought, oh, I need to, you know, understand more about myofunctional therapy so I can help my clients. Because I knew that I just wasn't doing what I could as a hygienist and I was bored and I wanted to be fulfilled also. And so um, my granddaughter, who is now 13, but at the time she was seven, that child had been a mystery, you know, had checked off all the boxes, going all the, all the specialists. She was the only seven-year-old I knew that carried around her own nebulizer. She called it her peace pipe uh, so that she could, uh, so that she could breathe, you know, so she had gone back and forth. She had nursing issues. Um, She had delayed speech and she, she had developed her own way of speaking. So rather than saying, Hey, nanny, I'm hungry. I need a snack or a cookie. She would say, num, 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 num. You know, and so what we now know about tongue ties is it, it, it's some it's difficult. Speaking is hard for for some people with tongue ties. So we we had no idea about that. Um, she had been in three years of failed speech therapy, and the speech therapist blamed it, you know, really on effort and all of the things other than um, the low hanging fruit. You know, that the, there was a physical issue. Um, and, and the other thing with Lindsay is when she was growing up, we all hated taking her out to eat in public because she could be that kid, like she could go from chewing, 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 choking, vomiting, you know, at the table, you had no idea. And so we were all just mortified and so embarrassed by her because what was going to happen? There was, we never knew what was going to happen. So at the same time, when I just had decided, okay, I've, I've got this background knowledge of myofunctional therapy. I clearly need to get some more education. I'm going to dive into that. And then, um, you know, just kind of try and pivot out of hygiene. So in the back of my mind, I was also thinking about Lindsay. So when I did my myofunctional therapy training, of course, I go into everything as an overachiever. So I was like way ahead in my course. I was doing all the things already. I was having conversations. I was looking in people's mouths. I was doing all those things that Lindsay kept coming back to me. And finally, one day I went, here's a tongue tie. All of these things add up together. So of course I did her assessment and sure enough, she had a very significant tongue tie. She had a a lot of great um, compensation so she could do pretty well. So that was the thing that really, you know, I always say it, it hits close to home for me because she had been passed around and she had been told by the speech therapist that there that it was her fault. And the doctors had said, oh, she's normal, even though when she had to nurse with a nipple shield, you know, all of these things. So that kind of really put the the fire under me to start my business. But but then I was still hanging out in dental hygiene. And what kind of was the final straw that broke the camel's back is I had a little boy who was nine. He was in the chair. Of course, I was the first hygienist that he had seen in this practice. It was a big practice, lots of hygienists. But he had been coming every year or twice a year, every year since he was like six months old. 
coming, coming, coming. And so when he came into my chair and I looked and he opened his mouth and I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, and then I go out, I get the parent, you know, the mom, I bring her in and I point out this concern. And so imagine how she felt when she's listening to me saying, hey, there's a concern. They called it his butt tongue. Because when he, as soon as he engaged any of the muscles, it looked like two little butt cheeks. And so they knew that he was different, but mamas are meant to just love our babies the way they are. And so it was really hard for her to trust me when I'm the first person she's met. She's been coming for, you know, nine years. So he'd had what, you know, 16, 17 visits and the dentist had never said anything. And so that's when I said, I got to get out of hygiene because they're, they don't care. You know, most dentists, they don't. They're worried about diagnosing the next crown. And, and it just wasn't something that they were diving into. So while I'm not saying all dentists are that way, nine out of 10 are, just aren't looking. So here I am. Um, I see clients all over the world. Everybody almost that comes to me has a tongue tie because I feel like I'm the end of the desperation road for a lot of people. So How's that? That that was quite an. <laughs> that is a fantastic intro, and um, you said something I can't remember. And I in in the introduction of this podcast, I'm just going to let everybody know all the technical issues we had, and uh, that I've had. But I can't remember if it was on one of our first tries or what. But you said something about the unicorn, right? And I joke. This is my joke. I'm dead serious. I say that everybody thinks that their kid is a unicorn, and like, oh, they just can't do it. They're a unicorn. But like, I will put an asterisk here. So let me just say the story um, that brought you to my attention. Um, One of my former clients, Jessica, she she has a sweet little girl named Everly who was the unicorn in Little Z Sleep. Like to this day, minus a few weeks ago, (laughs) I did not know like what the heck was going on. And we had checked off every box. Everything was good. Everything was fine. Everything was awesome. But she kept having wakings in the night and she kept having, and they weren't bad wakings. She just was awake in the nighttime and she kept waking up early. And it was like, what is going on? And, and Jessica told me, she was like, well, I just, I'm a bad sleeper. So I just kind of assumed like, well, it's just, sorry, kid, you got my bad genes, right? Well then flash forward to just a couple of weeks ago. So this was back in 2018. And then a few weeks ago, Jessica messaged me and was like, Becca, you're never going to believe it. Everly, Everly and I were just diagnosed with tongue ties. You've got to go check out Carmen, the tongue trainer. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was like, it was almost like, a, I, I know she felt more relief than me, but it was like, Oh, thank you. (laughs) There's an answer, right? There's an answer. So you are able to provide that relief and answer. So let's kind of go back. Um, when people come to see you as the, as the person who diagnoses their tongue tie, how do you explain this to them though? Like what even is a tongue tie as you're explaining all of this to them? So that's a great question. So some people know what it is. Some people have an idea, but, um, the, the easy explanation about a tongue tie is, you know, we all have this tissue under our tongue that's called the lingual frenum, um, that, so we all have it, but some have it in the wrong place. It's too thick, it's too short, it's too tight, it's, it's any combination of the stuff. So we look at where it inserts on the tongue, we look at where it inserts on the floor of the mouth, we look at um, how, how it looks itself, but what's tricky about the tongue tie is it's not 
identified by by appearance, you know. And and you said diagnose, I say identify because there's always this whole who identifies and who does what, and you know. So at the end of the day, I'm working to identify it and point it out to my clients and help educate them so that we can get them going in the right direction. But it's it's just basically that lingual frame that's just it's not right. It's too thick. It it just prevents oral function. And that's the biggest thing is it's preventing proper tongue posture, proper mouth posture, um, proper breathing, oftentimes proper cranial facial development and, um, and, and speaking and swallowing and all of, all of those checkboxes that you're talking about with, <laughs> with just and Everly. Yeah. Okay. So before I get into my next question, can you story up like what happened to your granddaughter? So we ended up, once we identified the tie, um, then we had to start pre-procedure therapy. So I, I start therapy a couple months before with my client. You don't just go tearing into a tongue tie. That's one of the other problems is you can go to any doctor in your town, any dentist, oral surgeon, ENT, periodontist, and they all know how to do it. Um, most of them shouldn't be because they um, they don't they're they don't they're not knowledgeable in the identification of it. You know, a lot of them think it's it's one thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about that um, when it's it's much more involved than just sticking your tongue out. You know, um, so when we identified hers, then we started the therapy. So we did that, and then she had the release done, which uh, for next I'm sure we'll talk about that. And then so that releases that restriction. So it's like, like if you had saran wrap wrapped around your hand, you know, and you're just like penguin arms or whatever, you know, then you've got movement. Now, what do you do with it? If you do nothing with it, it just, it just reattaches right back to the floor of the mouth because the mouth is so vascular and it heals so quickly. And so then we rehabilitated after the fact. So, so we had to prepare for the release. We had to heal properly from the release. And then we had to rehabilitate after it. So there's definitely some steps. But now, post-procedure, you know, post-therapy, all of that stuff, uh, guess who doesn't carry a nebulizer? She was carrying the nebulizer because she had a mouth breathing problem. She had a mouth breathing problem because she had a a poor resting posture, um, a low-postured tongue. She wasn't nasal breathing, which creates chronic congestion which makes it hard to nasal breathe. So vicious circle. So that's why she had to carry carry around her nebulizer. She doesn't choke. She doesn't, you know, she's learned all of those things. And guess what? She was able to then successfully move through speech. So the big, big, you know, that was the happiest thing because her biggest thing, she, she could have cared less about the tongue tie stuff, what really bothered her is that she couldn't say R. So rather she couldn't say purple minion, she would say poo-poo minion. And R is a really common difficulty for people with a tongue tie. So she's doing great now. That's awesome. Well, I like to, I, I was like, okay, I got to remember to ask you that before we like get into it. Cause it's, it's that full circle moment. It's like, what? It's amazing. So once we've talked about that, we understand like, okay, that's the, you said that's the premise of the tongue tie. Okay. But like, what's wrong with the tongue tie? What does it, you've already said some of the things, but specifically with sleep, how does a tongue tie impact our ability to sleep? Um, Well, I think there's probably a lot of pieces of this answer. The biggest thing is, uh, well, two just jumped to my head. So um, craniofacial development, that's the biggest thing. So airway is king. 
we all need air. We all would like, we all need to have an airway that looks like a smoothie straw instead of a coffee stir. So when the tongue is tied down, it affects the craniofacial development in that it's not in the roof of the mouth helping spread the maxilla out. So when it's up there and it spreads the maxilla out, it helps bring the ceiling of the, of the palate down. Um, so the maxilla grows strong and forward. Okay. The mandible follows it. So the mandible is the jaw. So follows it like, like a lid on the box. When it does that, when it grows sufficiently forward, it um, brings the tonsillar tissue. It brings the airway with it. It brings the tongue with it. So it makes more volume back there. So, um, you know, it, you don't want to have a, a six foot tiger in a three foot cage. There's a great book by that name. So I, I suppose I should say that if I'm using his phrase, Dr. Felix Leal. Um, but that that's a, a, a great explanation. So when we're thinking about a tongue tie, it's tied down. So as soon as somebody starts to go to sleep and their mouth has no muscle tone, they don't have the strength, perhaps they have like a really short mandible, a really short lever, you know, they start to go to sleep and their mouth just forces open. Where do you think that tongue goes? So it's it's like trying to go to sleep with a wad of big league chew in the mouth. Like it it is the obstruction. So there's that, that's how the tongue tie, uh, it affects the, the development of the face. And also it is the physical, like just laying in the throat. And then you also may have tonsils, you know, a tonsillar issue, because if somebody's mouth breathing and the, that tonsil tissue is doing the job that the nose is supposed to do. So we have these enlarged tonsils. So now, I mean, how many parents, I, and I'm sure this is probably a question that you asked, how many parents? have kiddos that don't sleep well and you look in their throat and those puppies are kissing tonsils or they're so big. I mean, I've had clients where they catch vitamins on them. Oh, That's an obstruction. So how could you sleep with that going on? Right? Exactly. Exactly. And um, I'm going to link in the show notes. I actually sent your blog um, that was all about like the sleep disorders and everything. I sent that to our team and I was like, you guys need to read this because it's important, but I'm going to link that below too, because you go okay. deep into that as well. Um, but that's like the visualization of like, it's blocking the airway, right? Like you have to breathe. Um, you have to breathe to sleep. And then of course, that's like the domino effect into snoring and, and all of that. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, obviously we see the, the, the silly, dumb snoring memes, or it's like, no, actually that's that's bad. Like snoring's not right. Snoring's not good. So is that ever a link to a tongue tie is, is snoring or is that completely different? No, it's completely linked. So, so we, it's sleep disordered breathing. So sleep disordered breathing can be mouth breathing. It can be snoring. It can be light, gentle snoring. It can be sucking the curtains off the wall snoring, you know? Um, and then we also, there's upper airway resistance syndrome and then there's sleep apnea. So it's kind of a continuum. Um, not, not everybody go, you know, you don't just start with mouth breathing and then suddenly have sleep apnea, that kind of stuff. Um, it is, it's highly unhealthy and, and it's not just annoying. It's not just cute. And that's what's hard for some parents is because they say, oh, look at Johnny. He's, yeah, he snores like a bulldog problem. Hello, that's a problem. And, and that's what's hard as parents, because like I said earlier, we just want to love our kids' quirks and all. But what's hard for parents is they don't know where that quirk, that, that it's not a quirk, that it, it really is a health concern. 
Absolutely. Okay. So you, we've kind of gone through some of the things that a parent may be like, oh yeah, I've seen that. Oh yeah. That sounds like my kid. Or that sounds like me. What's the next step after they kind of hear and are exposed to some of this knowledge, what's their next step? Well, it depends on their age really. Um, because, and I know you work with a younger audience, which is even harder for parents. So when parents of younger kids, um, one to five, you know, when they hear this, they're going to be going, uh, I have a concern. And now Carmen's going to tell me that my kiddo needs to be, you know, of a certain age before they're adequately going to be ready to do myofunctional therapy. Um, the first step always is to start that conversation. So I always say, find your myofunctional therapist, whether it's me or somebody else. Find somebody that's knowledgeable, that's a great personality match, because we can't work together if, if our personalities just don't match. But we have to identify the tie. And it is so often misidentified. You know, doctors say, hey, stick out your tongue. It's not about how it looks. It's about the function. So when somebody starts having a conversation with me, and this generally starts, they, they book a free 30-minute assessment with me just to answer questions, you know. Does it seem like I have the type of symptoms that would be support would be a tongue tie? Um, because it's about the impairment and the symptoms and the function. So we start that conversation there and then we have to identify it. And that's really the trickier part because yes, there's low hanging fruit. Yes, people can send me pictures and say, Hey, is this a tongue tie? Yeah, some of it is, but a lot of it, most of my work is, is more, um, it's hard. It's not that easy to find, you know, or we have to look at all of the big pictures, the myofunctional impairment, all of the symptoms. And what's the functional impairment say when I have them work on elevation and retraction and protrusion and um, lateralization and all of these things that I'm studying to see how those muscles work, that has to be done by looking, like by looking at it. And that, that means more than saying, hey, does it bother you to lick an ice cream cone? Because tongue ties are not identified by a speech impediment or that somebody can't lick an ice cream cone because they can't extend their tongue because that's really closed-minded. And there's nothing really in the, what do we, what do we identify where we just say, oh, you've, you've got a speech impediment. It must be a tongue tie. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's always like, it's more, there's more to the story than just one quick thing. Totally. Absolutely. So, so does that answer your question? Yeah. How we figure it out? Yeah. 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 So the essence is go find a myofunctional therapist. Also look in the links below to get in touch with Carmen. <laughs> um, and because you work virtually right with anybody. Yep. Around the world. I, I currently have clients in every time zone around the world. So it's wow. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That is yeah. awesome. So um, let me ask you this. This is not even, this was not on our outline, but like what you, 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 your passion for this is like very obvious. What is it that like drives you that just gets you so excited to like do what you do? Oh my goodness. Um, that it, you know, when I left hygiene, one of the biggest things as I was doing my pivot is I had to really sit back and look what I hated about hygiene and what I loved about hygiene and what I loved about hygiene was helping my clients. I loved it when I could educate them and they would listen and I helped them. It didn't happen a lot in hygiene because people don't really want to floss or whatever, you know, like they just want to do, do them. So when I realized, okay, I love to help. So where I have really found my passion shows 
and, and it grows every year. I mean, when I get opportunities like this for podcasts and doctors requesting Instagram lives, you know, all of this stuff, because I get to be a voice for people who don't have a voice. So kids don't have a voice. Um, I mean, I see some of the worst. I recently had a kid in London where that dentist said, this is the worst tongue tie I've ever seen in my life, ever. Why, why did he get tonight? Why? You know, and it's so frustrating. So I love that I get to educate parents while that can be very overwhelming to them sometimes because they're like, hey, I thought I knew everything about parenting and now you're telling me like this? It's, um, but it's not a trending thing. It's not a sad thing. Pediatricians don't understand and recognize it. I hope that paradigm changes. Um, dentists, you know, that's the hardest thing. So I get the opportunity to educate parents, but be a voice for the kids because I've had so many kiddos, obstructive sleep apnea, and I'm like, hey, airway trumps everything, and we have a problem here. And helping parents understand, because I've had some kiddos where their sleep study is so bad, you know what their diagnosis is? Inconclusive, because the kid wouldn't sleep in the lab. And so they just sweep it under the rug and roll on. And I'm like, whoa, 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 mama, you got to fight for your kiddo here. You have to ask questions. You have to be not afraid to make waves. Um, and it's hard because you, people respect their doctor. They, you know, and, and sleep apnea needs to be fixed. It needs to be treated. And that's what gives me the passion is because when I meet people so many years later, or like, I mean, just like what you did with Jeff, like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, I like to be the unicorn dust. I, I just never want anybody to come to me. They, I, I never want to be a Subaru salesman. I never want to be selling, you know, thinking that I'm selling them snake oil. But it, it's life altering for a reason, because if somebody sleeps, guess what? Life changes, right? Absolutely. It's the foundation of your entire health. Everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yep. yeah, it's like sleep is the foundation, but then Carmen's underneath being like, but we got to make sure the foundation is stable so you can like have this be a thing. And um, I, I'm so grateful for the work that you do and the education you do on your page, on your blog and, and all of that. So um, let's kind of circle up into if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way they can do that? Um, well, my, my website is a mouthful, um, myofunctional therapy, the number four, the letter u.com total business party foul for choosing that domain. You know, it was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I have Facebook groups. I have the myofunctional therapy and tongue tie support Facebook group. Um, I'm all over Instagram. There's a way to find me the, the getting to my website, finding me on any social media, um, that's the easiest way people can make appointments, um, from there, they can go to my blog. There is so much, and you can attest to this. There is so many hours of work on the website just to help educate. I want that website to be a tool for people because what I find is people, when they're starting to learn about this stuff, they don't want to just raise their hand and jump into, Hey, talking to a human. They want to do their, you know, their midnight research. So I wanted to make it useful so that they can go there, get answers, and then, you know, discover everything that's wrong with them and their, or their kid, and then contact me. Yeah. It's like, you're the, you're the right kind of web MD midnight search <laughs> because you have very thorough, but like hope is here. We can do this. So yeah, yeah 
your website is very thorough, which I appreciate. And I'll just, I'll link the website below so people can check. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to share with us about like, um, if you're an adult that maybe is thinking, oh, is it too late for me? Like any encouragement you would want to share with a parent? My oldest client that I started with was 79. And there's a couple things to say about that. Um, I have a large population of clients that are 50, 60, 70, and now 80. Um, it's really hard to fix all this stuff the longer you've been doing it wrong. So it's never too late, but I always say the sooner the better. Um, I did want to say one thing that's real important because I think because of the audience of, of, of people that you work with, um, just as far as the younger kids, my inbox will probably blow up with parents saying, what do you mean my kid has to be a certain age? What do you mean? What do you mean? So um, kiddos need to be of an age to be able to comprehend, comply, cooperate with therapy. So while we want to identify concerns ahead of time and see if there's anything we can do, we don't want them having a phrenectomy done prior to them being able to do it correctly. So that's the biggest thing. And anytime I have that opportunity to say, if you go to your dentist tomorrow and he says, yes, Johnny has a tongue tie and Johnny's two and a half, run out of the building like it's on fire because that doctor will release it. And it's going to heal back. And now you're going to have a kiddo with scar tissue and angry and perhaps maybe a, a, a fear of ever going back. So we don't want that. We want to do it right. We want to do it right the first time. So kiddos, you know, and, and parents, I always just say, when in doubt, ask me. Um, but that is the biggest thing for parents. When it, It's not too late for them when they say, hey, do I have a tongue tie? Should I do anything about it? Yes. When I get parents and kiddos that are both having concerns, I always say parents have to wait because the kiddo is the most important. We have to capture that growth phase, um, that craniofacial development before their face is developed, which is about uh, 90% by age 10 to 12. And girls tend to be ahead of boys. So when parents are saying, hey, can I do something about me? Oh, yeah. And Johnny has concerns. I'm saying, okay, with all due respect, you have you, you need help. Yes, ma'am. But we're going to deal with Johnny first. So um, it's never too late for anybody, really, because that 79-year-old, she had two releases. She had such a severe tongue tie. And I always say that my older clients are half of them are mad and half are mad because half are mad that, that somebody never screamed them or never told them about tongue ties. And the other half are mad because they knew that they had a concern and they didn't do anything about it. So never too late. Yeah. Oh, this was so helpful and so informative. So everything will be linked below for you guys. Um, thank you for your time today, Carmen. We just scratched the surface. Like yeah. we didn't even go that deep. So <laughs> just like scratched the surface. But the whole point of having you here was just to bring awareness so that people listening can start to think about like, didn't even know that that was something I should be concerned about. So um, we're not trying to add worry to your plates. We're just trying to add like help and resources. And Carmen's website is great with that. So we'll link everything below. Um, but thank you. Thanks for sharing all of this with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here. Thank you, Carmen, for taking time to be with us and explaining this so thoroughly. And I, I hope that somebody out there gets this message and, and really um, kind of begins this process of fixing and resolving either yours or your child's tongue tie and what that could mean for sleep and development and growth. So um, anyways, we've never covered this before on the podcast and it was super important that we talk about something that is so important like this. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember to go follow Carmen over on Instagram at the tongue trainer. And if you are looking to help make sleep a thing before the holiday season, 
Come find the program for your family on our website, littlezsleep.com slash quiz. Sweet dreams. See you next time.